0: It is my co-occurring mental health disorder affecting my recovery.
1: Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. be a good one, Brandon. we got another good caller today. So we're always excited to have good callers. Uh, just really quickly, before we jump into anything else, I just want to remind those who are listening, if you'd like to come on the show, there's a couple of ways to do it, but maybe the best way to do it is go to therapybros.com and you can submit a question there or sign up to come on the show yourself. And when you submit a question, just say, yes, I'd be willing to come on the show. That's right.
0: And uh, we'd love to have you. We love all kinds of... Tyler, what kind of people do we bring on the show?
1: pretty much anyone who's willing to come on and
0: ask you name it. (laughs) Come on. If if you're willing to open up, be vulnerable, talk about your life and your issues. Um, then we're, we're willing to break it down with you. So, um, Tyler, we, we missed you this weekend. (laughs) I know you guys went on a big hike, didn't you? Yeah. I was glad you didn't come. Uh, you would not have made it. There's no, there's no, way you would have made it. So it was good. You didn't come. How, what was the, What was the grand total, uh, mileage? Oh, the mileage was, a, it was almost 16 miles, but it was, it was, it was hell. It yeah. was, it was in a, we hiked Lone Peak and it was the hardest hike I've ever done really it's the the trail's not built very well it's straight up you're you're bouldering almost you're hiking up you're you're you got cliffs on both sides of you that it's it's nuts wow um and so hiking down it just oh my uh, today i could barely walk into work so it's hard i'm I'm glad you didn't you wouldn't have made it i'm glad you didn't come i was
1: just i was just gonna say you said it was the. The hardest hike you've ever done. And it's either because it's the hardest trail you've ever done or it's because of the state of shape you're currently in. <laughs> no, ask any, anyone that went with us. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, you could have come. I would have carried you on my back. Yeah, up the last, I, up the I last appreciate
1: that. Mile. That's pure cliff. I appreciate but, that, man. I'm, I'm glad hey, that I didn't have to cause you to be. Hey, you're you not know, heavy.
0: You're my brother. Yeah. Just not, like that.
1: You're not heavy. You're my brother. Just like the Hollies song. I love that song. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) he (laughs) ain't heavy. Um, uh, Anyways, uh, we have a a
0: treat today again. Um, So, so Daxton who I talked with almost, I think a year ago ish um, is back on the show with us. And Daxton is the man. I'm really glad to have him back Um, from, from a young age. He's been working recovery. um, Really, really trying to get this dialed in and figured out. And so, I'm excited to have you Daxton and I'm excited to break down another little intricate question. I shouldn't say little important question, um, to this whole puzzle of recovery. So welcome to the show Daxton.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Can, can you guys hear me? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. All right.
0: Awesome. Yeah. If you could kind of give us an update as to where you're at and then, um, fill us in on the specific question that you have, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Like Brandon mentioned, I've been on before. Um, if anybody's curious what episode I was on, I think is episode 80. Um, and yeah, I came out about a year ago now. Um, I guess a little bit of background about my question. Um, I won't like go into my story really, but, uh, I mentioned last time, you know, I was first exposed to pornography around age 11 or 12 and, um, you know, probably age 13 when I went into middle school. 12 or 13, however old you are. um, I started to really notice symptoms of ADHD, you know, it started to affect me a lot more. Um, I struggled with that in elementary school, but I was just a little kid and that didn't really matter. Um, But as school was getting more serious and intense, um, that was coming up for me a lot more. And as, you know, as I went further into being a teenager and further into high school. It it caused me a lot more problems. I really struggled in school. I struggled with my grades. And I think that I have noticed a correlation between um, the ADHD and my addiction. And I want to give a caveat here. Um, I'm not trying to play victim to my ADHD, for one thing. Um, I have received the diagnosis, so it is something that I genuinely struggle with. Um, It's a real thing I've had to learn how to navigate in my life, but it's not Um, I'm not a victim to it. And it's also not an excuse for any acting out behaviors. So if I hear about any guys out there who are trying to tell their wives, it's okay for them to watch porn because they have ADHD or something, I'm going to (laughs) be upset. So just want to put that caveat
0: out there. Um, Daxon, could you connect the dots? Like how does the ADHD play into the addiction and affect it?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, for one thing, I think as a teenager, it brought up a lot of shame for me. I felt, I mean, honestly, I'm really intelligent and I know that now, but I felt really stupid a lot in high school. I felt like I didn't fit in because I went to a really hard uh, high school. I went to a charter school and I mean, all of my friends around me were doing a lot of AP classes and really excelling and I could barely scrape by in all the normal classes. So I felt like an outsider. And I mean, also, if you look at it from a biological standpoint, and ADHD ADHD is a dopamine deficiency in your brain. So, I mean, I'm naturally looking for more dopamine everywhere I go. So, you know, pornography really provided that for me. And I think it exacerbated the issue. Um, I mean, I don't think that's why I became addicted, but I think it Made it a lot worse. There were Did a the lot porn
0: work like a medication almost? Like yeah. it would calm you down, help you focus. Yeah, totally. Uh, and and I mean, I,
2: I my ADHD it
0: shows up different
2: for everybody, but for me, it's there's a lot of hyper fixation that goes on. Um, if I, you know, if a thought comes into my head that's appealing, I'll really fixate on that until I get get it resolved. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm in school as a teenager or wherever I might be and something triggers a thought for me, then I fixate on, fixate on it all day. Um, and I think that that really exacerbated that issue. Um, and I wasn't able to get a diagnosis until I was 18. Um, my mom has very different views on mental health than me. So she was, you know, she'd tell me you just need to try harder sort of deal. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I wasn't able to get a diagnosis until I was 18, and thankfully now I'm medicated, but as I've worked my recovery, um, you know, mindfulness is a huge thing in recovery. Um, I think it's one of the key tools, and I think there's a struggle for me there to, like, connect that. Um, I found ways to incorporate mindfulness, but it can be hard. You know, my brain is always on the go, always bouncing all around. so. yeah, I guess I'm wondering how do you manage um yeah a co-occurring mental health disorder with addiction recovery or even betrayal trauma recovery, I think could bring
1: up a lot of hard things
2: for a betrayed spouse as
1: well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Daxon, um, this is a great question, man. I wanted this maybe start before we actually get into your specific thing with just a few kind of statistics for our listeners to hear too. Um, when you look at like addiction work. It depends on the statistics you look at, but generally speaking, more than 50% of people who have an addiction also have what's called a co-occurring mental health disorder, meaning that anxiety or depression or ADHD or something else is also also a factor. And if you were to look at like this, the statistics on ADHD with addiction, about one in four people with an addiction would also have some level of ADHD. Something also that's a little bit interesting about ADHD that some people don't understand is is that you hear ADHD and people think, oh, he can't concentrate, he can't think straight, he can't like stay focused on a certain thought. But with ADHD, one of the one of the factors that goes along with ADHD is that you actually can become hyper focused on things that are interesting to you. So if you look at how that works, you know, if a if a boy, if a young boy has a fascination with, say, trucks. He can stay hyper-focused on those trucks for a long time, even though he's got ADHD and he can't focus when he goes to school to do his assignments or his homework or anything else. And so if you add in something like the power of sexuality as a young boy growing up with ADHD and and what that does to the brain and the curiosity, it would make sense that the hyper-focus would be even stronger connected to the ADHD. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. So, so this is, this is a really common thing. And what's interesting is, is that most people who go to addiction treatment, only about 29% of those people actually address the co-occurring disorder. They stay mostly focused on the addiction itself or trying to get sobriety. And they're actually doing themselves a disservice because the mental health problem that they're having is connected to the way that they're acting out because the way that they're acting out is a way that they're trying to cope with the mental health problem in the first place. Uh, I mean
0: daxon it was incredible just in in your just kind of introduction of of the question there all of the little pieces that that I heard and that go right along with what Tyler's saying, which is um you you struggling in school and having shame um you uh, this dopamine deficiency is actually very fascinating because you know, somebody who doesn't know much about mental health would think, why would you treat somebody with ADHD with a stimulant? Like, that, that's backwards. You give somebody who's bouncing off the walls and can't focus a stimulant. But the reason that you do that is because it's a deficiency in dopamine and it satiates out the person with ADHD and calms them down and helps them focus. And so, like, Adderall is a stimulant. Um Pornography and sex is a, very much a stimulant, and so it works to medicate this um, now you have issues in school feeling like i 'm dumb and i can 't keep up you get you have adolescent testosterone going on in the mix you have the internet running wild with everything right there at your disposal. you have a mom who's I don't want to blame your mom or say anything bad about her, but who's saying, just get over it. Um, you, you can see the recipe here, right? Yeah. And, and, and if you get, and you come to, Hey, now I need to just, just stop touching my penis and, and masturbating and looking at porn. And then that will solve all these problems. Uh. Uh-uh. Like, because that one, you're going to have a really hard time stopping that behavior just by just like white knuckling going to therapy and them giving you co- cognitive behavioral therapy to try to get you to stop. You're going know, to have a really hard time stopping that behavior. But two, there's a lot more to this equation going on. Um, another thing, Daxton, that I, that I wonder about with you and uh, remembering our last conversation is there could be a couple co-occurring disorders. There could be the ADHD, but there's also anxiety um, there's, there's a bit of kind of scrupulosity or do you know what I'm talking about, Daxton? Mm-hmm. Um, that could be at play as well. Um, and so that that's in the mix with this ADHD, right? So then where do you start or where do you go with this? Right. Yeah. Tyler, do you got the answer for Daxon? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, I think what's what's interesting is that if you find the right I shouldn't say the right. If you find, if you find like an an all encompassing form of recovery treatment, then you're going to be actually addressing a lot of the mental health issues that come along with the addiction in the first place. Right. Because, because the right kind of treatment towards, you know, recovery from an addiction includes the pursuit of what we would call a wholehearted life. And in meaning I'm learning to connect with other people, I'm wrestling with my relationship with God, I'm learning to actually connect to myself, both heart and mind and Daxon, you referenced mindfulness. Um, I like what you said a little bit earlier, Daxton, because you're here on the show and you're bringing this topic up, but you also don't sound like you're making excuses for your acting out because of the the issues. You're just saying it's an issue that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Right. And the same thing is true with like treating ADHD, you know, that mindfulness practice that you hear about in all of your recovery groups is it's, it's really important stuff for a wholehearted recovery. And it's a lot more difficult when you have something like ADHD, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be working on it and, and doing it. It just means the work looks and feels a little different than maybe somebody who doesn't have ADHD.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Daxon, your mom says, just get over it and and focus and, you know, just kind of be a better kid. Um, and you're saying I'm now on medication. Um, talk a little bit more about the medication. Is it working for you? How how did you kind of get on that? And, How's that going for you,
2: yeah, um, when I was eighteen i I scheduled myself a doctor's appointment and went and got an actual diagnosis, which I wanna say for anybody who thinks you might be struggling with with a mental health disorder um I think getting that diagnosis is like half the battle um that was huge for me to finally know if I was crazy all those years or if what I was feeling was valid um and I think even if you don't choose to go on medication from that point, it's really helpful to understand yourself, and then you can, you know, there's a lot of other things you can do besides medication um, once you understand yourself a little better. So, getting that diagnosis was huge for me, um, and I was really lucky. I tried. I mean, I had a friend who was. I, I'm on Vyvanse, um, mm-hmm. and I had a friend who was on Vyvanse. Um, he told me to try it out. My doctor told me to try he had me try one other medication beforehand. It didn't really work. And then I got on Vivance and it's, it's worked really well for me. So, um, and, and I mean, medication can be scary. I think, you know, it can be addictive for some people. Um, or I, I mean, a lot of people feel robotic when they're on it. They don't feel like themselves. So I was really lucky in the sense that I, I haven't really experienced any of that. Um, I don't notice a difference really, but at the same time, I do, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't affect my personality or anything. It just really helps me function a lot better. Um, But I mean, I don't always take it. uh, Like, I don't take it on the weekends. There could be days I forget. Um, And also, I mean, it wears off at a certain point in the day. So, around 7 or 8 p.m., when my pill wears off, I usually start getting a little amped up and crazy, like all my energy's spilling out. And uh, I have a hard time sticking to my, like evening routines and things. Um mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been a balance I've had to learn. Um And mindfulness techniques have been really helpful. But I think, I mean, I, I use headspace. And I think like, going through a meditation on headspace, I can kind of understand that my brain functions a little differently and I have to go at the meditation with, I don't know, a different perspective, I guess. Um, and, and I mean, Andy on Headspace is always talking about like, it's okay if your mind wanders, just mm-hmm. bring it back to the breath. You know, he's always saying that. So um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting experience to to meditate for me, but it's, it's really helpful. All that kind of stuff is really helpful. So I think, um, yeah, the meditation or the medication was a huge game changer for me. Um, And then working recovery, it's, yeah, it's all about building wholehearted living, like you said, Tyler, and um, I can absolutely see the benefits there. I mean, I'm getting dopamine in healthy ways if I'm, if I'm living wholeheartedly. So um, I can satiate that in that sense, instead of looking for
0: unhealthy coping mechanisms, but. Um, Tyler, I want to ask you. Um, so to use medication to manage, what's, what's your take on that? What's your opinion? For medic for medication, mm-hmm. for like Daxon's talking about, he's using the medication to manage his symptoms of his
1: ADHD. Yeah. Um, so it's just, let me give you a little bit of a personal background here. When I was in the end of the end of high school, I was extremely depressed, like way depressed to the point of suicide. And it came kind of came to a boiling point when I think I got in a fight with you, Brandon, I think I threw a weight bar at you or something. You were nuts. <laughs> you're, you're insane. <laughs> I lost it. And, and mom kind of got wind of like, Whoa, Tyler is like, got, he's out of control. So she dragged me into the doctor and, I ended up getting some counseling and I was put on some medication. I was actually put on Prozac for my depression and um, the Prozac actually helped me a lot. Uh, With that said, at least in my situation, the Prozac wasn't the full answer. The, The full answer was learning skills to cope with my emotions, learning these principles of wholehearted living that we try to teach in recovery in conjunction with, the medicine itself. And so I actually, my own personal, this is, and again, this is a personal thing is that I see medicine as a tool. It's a tool that goes in the toolbox with everything else. Um, I'm not a big fan of seeing medicine as the solution for most people, but I see it as a solution as part of a bigger, broader plan for, for helping to cope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean,
0: so, and Daxton, it sounds like you agree a lot too in terms of like you're, you're not just popping a pill and being like, hey, my problems are going to just evaporate because I got. I mean, you're you're working headspace. You do. You've done a bunch of group work. You've done a bunch of just rec- good recovery work. So, I, I mean, what you're doing, Daxton, is what I totally agree with, which is just Western medicine. I think is a problem. It's just like, hey, I go to my doctor, I get a pill. Like that's a big problem. And then people just med manage their whole life away and they have these, um, you know, these side effects and they, they're zombies. And, but I think the people who say, you know, don't take any medicine and, you know, you can solve all your problems by just meditating. I don't, I don't agree with that either. And so I'm right there with you, Tyler, of let's use the tools we got, but let's also like try to resolve all the issues and not just like get you through life, you know? And so, Daxon, I think you're a great example of addressing all of the issues, being consistent and being hardworking in, in actually managing your mind in every aspect, in every way that you can. So I love what you're saying. It's really awesome.
1: Um, Brandon, could I, uh, just while we're on this topic for a second, just to kind of illustrate what I think how both of us see it is, you know, obviously there's some, there's some mental conditions where medicine is like vitally important. Like you, you need to have it right. Yeah. There's also this world that we live in that people want the easy, quick solution and, and medicine becomes that. But then when it's not this medicine, then it's then this and this and this, this, this and this. And the focus is only on the medicine and not on You're taking medicine
0: else. to deal with your medicine
1: that and, you're taking. Yeah. And and so I, I kind of like, at least for me, what I found and this is what I teach my practice is. Hey Brandon, what does the rising sun retreat include? Well, not only is it your lodging, excellent food by a professional chef
0: brotherhood with a bunch of guys who are there to heal but it's so much more if you don't believe me don't take my word for it listen to what they have to say
2: if i had a friend who is contemplating
0: attending this conference i would say do it sign up as soon as you can
1: man you got to do it you got to do it i'm, I'm I'll, I'll be your i'll be you guys' advertising arm because i'm going to tell everybody i know about this conference oh man I would say, again, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about it, so uh, there's no reason to, not to come. Definitely attend.
2: If you have the means, you it would be a mistake not to come.
1: Do it, you won't be disappointed. Well, I would say it takes a leap of faith to come to one of these things, because you're not going to know what it's going to be coming into it, and it's completely worth it. Just go for it. Um... So I would tell that friend that uh, he should definitely come. It is definitely worth um, the time, the effort, the money.
2: If you have any thought whatsoever whether or not you should go, just go.
1: Even after I signed up, I told my wife I didn't wanna come the first day. I was like nervous as all get out. I knew it was gonna be uncomfortable, everything about it. But I would look at that person and say, you will never regret to help you to know how to find the joy that you're seeking in your life, to t- do this, take it seriously, and add it to your regimen moving forward.
0: I, it, it has been powerful, just incredibly powerful.
1: If you're interested in attending our next Rising Sun retreat, go to risingsun.org, risingsun, dot org, and check out more stories like this. Hurry up because space is limited. What I found, and this is what I teach my practice is, is that, and now this is going to sound backwards because it's, it, it's alluding to the meds, but I use the DBT skill meds, the acronym M E D D S S S as the basis for good mental and emotional health. And so the first one is meditation and mindfulness. That's M E is physical exercise, trying to get people at least a few times a week to have an elevated heart rate. Cause that kicks off all that stuff we're talking about anyway, the mm-hmm. dopamine and everything else. D is diet and nutrition, proper diet, nutrition, especially for the mental part, things like the, all the colors of the rainbow with, with vegetables and fruits D. So this is one of them. The, The second D is drugs as prescribed. So it's in there, but it's not the end all. And then there's three S's, which is proper sleep, which is really helpful for mental health, spiritual practices which actually has some research behind it in terms of coping with mental health issues and then social connections. Love so if, this. So so if I'm taking my meds every day, so to speak, M-E-D-D-S-S-S, then I'm It's like seven, right? Yeah, and one of those is meds. Yeah, and one of right. those is my medicine. Yeah. Then then I'm kind of approaching this from like a holistic sort of an approach saying, I am doing all the things in my control. And in addition to that, I do have a diagnosis and, and you've gone about it the proper channels too, Dax, by working with a, a professional to to then use the medicine the way it was designed in conjunction with the bigger, broader perspective. Yes. Right. That's, yeah, that's beautiful.
2: Yeah, um, I think... That's all really important. I mean, it's also, it's really key to remember that this is like a huge spectrum, like ADHD. So many people struggle with it, but it shows up so different for everybody. I mean, I have another friend who, um, she, she has ADHD, but her doctor prescribed her the same medication I'm on, but she's only supposed to take it. Like if she has a big test coming up or something like that, which has always been really interesting to me, but. I've ta- as I've talked to her about it, she said like, yeah, if I take it, it makes me shaky and jittery and it has a lot of side effects. But, but on these days where I have a ton of stress and I really need to focus, it's necessary and helpful. So um, it's an interesting dynamic and yeah, Tyler, I love what you were talking about. Um, the meds, I think, I mean, sleep is something that I struggle with because in the evening, you know, my pills worn off and, and I, my time management skills are a lot worse. So I'll, you know, get distracted cleaning the basement and it's midnight or, you know, I'm watching a movie or something and forget to look at the clock for an hour or something. And so I, I, I have a hard time getting the sleep that I need. Um, and yeah, recovery for me has been all about trying to incorporate all of those things, but I think I still am struggling to find the balance, and I think it's I think it would be really important and helpful for me to learn how to apply all of those things even without my medication, you know, because clearly that's still a struggle for me.
0: You know it's interesting, Dex. and I remember our last conversation, and I was trying to get you to shift the way that you th- thought, right? Mm-hmm. And you're saying i f- I think that I'm still struggling to find the balance and i i would love it if you'd reframe that to something um positive rather than that negative so, so do you understand what i'm saying like i am absolutely um figuring out how to find the balance i'm in mean, that process do, do you see that yeah um i want to come back to a point that you made which i think is is really kind of important you said the spectrum and that's absolutely true and according to where you fall on that continuum really determines what types of things, inputs are going to help you therapeutically, right? So I might have depression and what I need to do is get a little more sleep and exercise a little bit. And I feel great. Like, that's great. That's all I need. I might have pretty severe depression. And I like Tyler, like you say, I need some Prozac exercise, some connection with some other people, Um, you know, like I need something a lot more, but there's, there's a a really critical thing that you have, Daxton, that, that a lot of people struggle with. It's humility to actually, um, look at where you are on that continuum. It's, it's, it's the, the humility to be real with yourself to say, this is, this is me and where I'm at. And so this, this is what I need because this is where I'm at. And a lot of people don't want to do that. There's shame there or there's denial um, or or they say they're a lot worse than they actually are because they want attention. There's all this stuff rather than just being humble to look at, okay, like what has God given me? God gave you this brain, Daxton, the brain that you got, right? And you're saying, okay, like this is my brain. This is what I've been given. This is where I'm at. What is the best treatment
1: now for that? Right. And Brandon, could I add to that too? That's interesting, Daxton, when you were talking about how your childhood part of part of what with the problem was is that you kind of didn't think the same way everyone else did in school. And then there was this stigma that you put on yourself and other people put on you that made you feel stupid and shame and everything else. And part of part of what's been the, the solution for you is actually receiving the diagnosis that made sense to you that went like, oh, like there was a reason why, which so many people are so afraid of what a diagnosis might mean, that, that it might be the stigma, that it might be the problem. And, and that's the balancing act is if it gives me an understanding of like what I'm actually dealing with, then it's a benefit to be able to get that understanding so that I can remove the judgment from off of myself that I've been carrying around for years because I didn't know any better. Right. And and think about like being back when I was on, on Prozac, do you think I told anyone, this was like 20 plus years ago. Do you think I told anyone I was on Prozac? Like that was a punchline to jokes, right? <laughs> like It's like, oh yeah, go take your Prozac. Like duh, 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 you're crazy, this and that and the other. And meanwhile, I'm secretly going like, that's oh, actually kind of helping me, but I don't want to say that out loud because I don't want anyone to know that I've got this thing called depression, right? Now it's okay to say, you know what? Yeah, I struggle with depression. And And part of how I cope with my depression is everything we just talked about, my meds skill. And, Hmm. and now I don't have to live in that stigma or that judgment that, that I thought I was so afraid of people seeing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a two edged sword, right? Daxon, you mentioned this earlier when you said, I don't want anybody who's been diagnosed with ADHD saying, Hey, this justifies me doing all this stuff. Right. And, you know, some people would say when I get a diagnosis, that's a label, and then i take on that label and i become that very thing that they diagnosed me as you know it's like hey now i got adhd so that's what i do that's who i am and a diagnosis is not um it's it's not an indictment of who you are
1: it's Rather, also not an absolution of responsibility right Th- that's the beauty of it is
0: when you get that diagnosis to say now i have this responsibility to manage this this disorder in this way, rather than, than give, give away accountability or responsibility as a result.
2: Yeah. I think, like you said, Brandon, I think a lot of people think a diagnosis is an indictment or a sentence. Like it's, it doesn't have to be a sentence. Um, I think it's just a piece of the puzzle to help understand who you are. I mean, it was really important for me in that sense. Um, And it can just, I mean, whether you decide to go on medication or not, or whatever the case, it can just help, you know, help you figure out your next steps, help you figure out like, oh, this is a part of who I am. This is a part of my brain. It doesn't have to like, I am not my ADHD. It's just, it just happens to be something in my life, you know, and I've had to learn how to manage that. Um, and I think, I think it's freeing. I can understand why some people might struggle with it, but if I'm carrying this weight for years, and I don't even know what it is, I would much rather be aware of what's there than just have to, you know, struggle through life thinking like, "Mm, maybe, but you know, I don't want to find out because I don't know what that would do for me. So, um, right. Yeah, it's been really key for me that diagnosis just to understand, like, that's my brain, and I have to figure out how to function in conjunction with that,
1: you know, so, so Dax, the next question then is, is that you've got the diagnosis and you're seeing it now as part of this, like putting in the puzzle together and going, okay, I recognize that things maybe work a little different with the way that I concentrate. It also then allows you to just keep your responsibility in this and say, okay, now what? Like, what do I, what do I do with this now that I have this information? And that's the key element here. And and I just want to ask you, with since you've gotten the diagnosis, besides the medication that you're taking what else have you found that's been effective for your overall well-being, including your your recovery work?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, recovery has been a huge part of that, uh, incorporating healthy living, and I'm not always perfect at it, um, as I'm sure every addict can relate, you know, like, it's hard to, you know, really stick to your dailies. I'm not always perfect at that, but when I incorporate those things consistently, it's a huge help for me. Um, and then I think like there are ways that I've learned to almost harness my ADHD in a way that's helpful. Like at work, um, if I'm having a hard time focusing, if it's a slow day, you know, I can look at myself and think, you know, like I'm I'm pretty passionate about things being organized and functioning properly, like. I think a lot of people with ADHD might really struggle with organization, but it's something that I've found to be really helpful for me. And so I've learned that I'm really passionate about that. So I can, if I'm like, man, work is awful today. Like I'm having a really hard time focusing and getting stuff done. I'm so bored. I can look around and say, what needs to be organized and I can use my ADHD in that moment. Like here's something I can fixate on for the next while. Um, and, and I can just clean the crap out of this closet or whatever it might be, you know, <laughs> I need
0: you to come over to my house for a little bit.
2: <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I think it can be, I mean, it's, it's a struggle, but I think I can learn to see the ways that it can be a strength as well, you know? So I think that's been really key. Um, and, and, you know, if I, if I sit down, I, it can be really helpful with hobbies. Like if I sit down with, a hobby that I'm trying to get into, you know, I can, I can fixate on it for a couple hours and and really enjoy it and just get in the zone sort of deal. Um so I think it's about learning, you know, where I need to be careful with myself, but also where I can kind of lo- loosen the reins a little bit and let my mind do its thing in a way that will be beneficial. Um, if that makes sense.
0: I I think you're spelling out a formula that works. Like we've talked about being humble enough to assess and be honest with yourself as to what's going on, Um, being open to all beneficial things that will serve you, both Western medicine, Eastern medicine, everything along the way, positive inputs and balance and recovery. Um, I love what you're saying, Daxon, about embracing it and for what it is and using it, finding the positives in it, in it is awesome. And then I, there's a, there's a bit of grace that needs to be there and just self acceptance and forgiveness along the way. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it, like this formula, you do this over and over and over again, Daxton, and you're going to be so much healthier and happier than just letting it bulldoze you over. Right. Yeah.
1: I I love the idea of that part, that component you added of how you can actually use it to your advantage in certain parts of your life, because I actually believe that that's true in a lot of cases with a lot of mental health things. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Temple Grandin or, or the, her her Ted talk, you know, she's, she's on the spectrum with autism and she's basically because of her autism revolutionized the way that. She's brilliant the way that that beef gets processed and makes it to the grocery store. She's absolutely brilliant. She, she is that way because partly because of the autism she has.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And she'll, yeah. she speaks about that. It's you're, you're saying kind of the same things. Um, It gives you in touch with other people in certain ways too. It allows a, a, a deeper level of empathy and understanding yeah. uh, those kinds of things as well. If You'll choose to let it. And then Brandon, I just want to add one more thing to your, your formula, which is that once you have the humility, there's also the willingness to go to work on things yeah, as yeah, they yeah. are. Yes. Right. So, so now Dax and you're saying like, yeah, I am going to learn how to like manage my time better at night. Okay. That's going to be a struggle for me. I am going to work on like mindfulness, but now my mindfulness practice isn't going to be this like Zen beautiful moment. It's going to be pull your mind back, pull your mind back, pull your mind back. Great exercise. So you'll, you'll do your exercise there and then you'll allow yourself to get lost in your hobbies, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so you're still doing the right kind of work, but there's a willingness to meet it exactly where it's at.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And
0: and I would say as long as that work's done, and I say this just because I know Daxton, as long as that, as that work's done with the intention of, of self-care and self-love, and not trying to prove yourself and trying to be enough and trying to be okay, then that willingness is, is an absolutely good thing.
2: Yeah. I think, um, intention is huge. Um, something that I've learned is helpful for me is solving a Rubik's cube. This is kind of a random little tangent. I'm going to go on for a second, but, um, at my work, I have a 12 sided Rubik's cube sitting behind my computer and, um, if I am having a hard time, like if my brain is, is kind of shutting down at work and I'm feeling really stressed, I'll take that out and solve it. And, and the 12, a, a normal Rubik's cube I could probably solve in about a minute, but the 12 <laughs> sided one takes me, you know, four or five minutes to solve. Um, and for a while, I think I was doing it for the wrong reason. I was doing it from this spot of like, I mean, when I brought that to work, I had good intentions. Like I'm like, this is something that's helpful for me to clear my head. But for a while I was like, if I would solve that in the middle of the day, I was doing it to pass time. Like I was like, I'm stressed and bored and I don't know what to do right now. So I'm going to solve this Rubik's Rubik's cube. And it wasn't actually helpful, but a couple of weeks ago, I looked at that and thought like, I've been doing that for the wrong reason. And if I solve my Rubik's cube thinking like, I need a mental break for a second, this will help me kind of take a breather. Mm-hmm. then at the end of the four minutes, I'm, I'm like in a better mental state. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to get up and start working again. So the intention is, is really key. And I mean, if I just get sucked into a hobby for a couple hours, but I'm kind of mindless about it, then it's not really the same as if I'm really intentionally like sitting down, like I'm taking I care of yourself. Guitar. Yeah. Like I want to play my guitar for the next hour because I really enjoy this and and i need i need some self care right now sort of deal yeah that intention is
1: really important love it that's a great your great thought and i i kind of a side question i this is for brandon how long do you think it would take you to solve a four sided rubik's cube <laughs> you're just trying to get me back for the mountain comment i'm not
0: i'm not getting an answer <laughs> I actually don't think I could
1: yeah. <laughs> honestly, I don't think I could either. I like never... that would, that would not be helpful for me.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, Daxon, I want to ask, how old are you now? I'm 21. 21. I just, I remember meeting with you and, and Emily like years ago. And by the way, shout out to her. Like she's a total rock star. Oh yeah. Totally. Um, but, but, just i'm kind of watching you grow up before my eyes like it's it's really cool to see somebody um so willing and and so humble to to try to figure it out right and you're 21 you're at a stage in your life where it's like hey i want to figure it out now and i promise you that if you get in these good rhythms and these good habits and you know how to navigate this um it's going to bless your life and i would just caution you and we talked about this last time i think a little bit um don't don't try to get at the at the light don't try to get to the light at the end of the tunnel rather really appreciate the way that you are setting up systems to navigate because that's what it's all about mm-hmm. right and just keep keep moving forward the way that you are in many ways yeah thank
2: you
1: Daxton, it was really nice to meet you. Brandon knows you. This is my first time meeting you. I I love that you're already at the space you are in your own journey of recovery. And thank you for your willingness to come on today. You're helping
0: helping others, Daxton, in a a lot of ways. So I really appreciate you. Can I, can I say one more thing really quick? Um, Please. Just a cool story. Uh,
2: After my last um, podcast episode, uh, you know, I talked about how I wanted to learn guitar when I was having a hard time. Uh-huh. Like, um, uh, a client at Therapy Utah reached out to the office and asked them to pass his information on to me because he teaches guitar. So no way. Um, yeah, it didn't like for a while, our schedules didn't line up. So we weren't able to do lessons. But I started taking lessons from him in January. He's another guy in recovery. And it's been really cool. So um, That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to my guitar teacher. If he's listening, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a really cool
1: experience. So. Hey, good things come to you if you come on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> That's yeah. really cool. That's actually a great story, Dax. And thanks you. Thank you for sharing it. I think it yeah. illustrates a bigger, broader thing that we, we teach all the time, which is the fear of being vulnerable is a real fear, but mm-hmm. there's also a benefit to vulnerability because there's, Ability to have connection when there's vulnerability, and that's an awesome story that kind of illustrates that. So, so thanks yeah. for sharing, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah. All right, you guys. If you found this helpful, which I'm sure many people did, um, this this is a formula to manage your mental health. So share it with people who need it, and we appreciate you, Daxton. And have a great day, you guys. We'll see you later. See ya. Thank you. See ya.